0: Welcome to the WPC Sermon Podcast from Westminster Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This week's sermon is from Head Pastor Owen Stepp, titled Choose Your Navigation System, and is part of our sermon series titled Psalms for the Road. To find more information on our worship services and live stream, check out our website, westminstercharlotte.org. Now enjoy this week's message from Pastor Owen.
1: Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 1. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by the streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Please pray with me. Mighty God, now we pray that you would add your Holy Spirit's power and presence to the word that has been read and that will be preached, that we might be drawn closer to yourself and made more like our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. In our series currently that we're going through, we call it Psalms for the Road understanding that the Psalms are kind of in the middle of the Bible. There are 150 of them there. And they're kind of a prayer book for the Christians. Psalms contain some of the most famous and beautiful readings in all of Scripture. And in many ways, the Psalms are the emotional and visceral heart of the book of Scripture that God has given us. The full gamut of human experience is on display in the Psalms. And I think it's important that we see that there is a full spectrum. Christians and people of God are not always in the happy, clappy place of life, right? Nor are they always in the mournful, dreary place of life. But we find ourselves in different seasons, in different circumstances. Can God understand where I am right now? The Psalms have a word to speak to each place in which we find ourselves. And today we're looking at Psalm 1, kind of the opening salvo of God's word in the Psalms. And it gives us an idea of direction. How do we find direction for our lives? How do we find God's direction for our lives? Now it comes with a bit of a confession on my part. While we have now lived here for several months, almost eight months now, I still get lost a lot. I got the South Charlotte thing kind of, I think I understand it a little bit. But if you drop me in the middle of uptown, I have no idea where I'm going. So I always have to find my way with navigation. Now many of us, if you were dropped into an unfamiliar place, what app would you go to? This is where research comes in, we're just going to take an informal poll today. How many of you would go to Apple Maps to find your way in a city that you weren't familiar with? Apple Maps? Alright, thank you. That's a few. Google Maps? Oh, Google wins again, don't they? Alright, who would go use Waze? Who would use Wa- Oh, Waze? Generational device. To find direction in a new place, these apps are very helpful sometimes. Particularly, th- uh, an app like Waze that uses crowdsourcing—all the information from everyone using the app is plugged into the algorithm, and it tells you where the wrecks are and where the police are and where the traffic is held up, so that you might not go there. Crowdsourcing is—it can be a great uh, tool for us to use when we're thinking about traffic, but is it a great tool for finding our direction in life? is the best way to find our direction in life to say, what's everybody else doing? I'll do that. Surely we might end up in the same wrecks that they find themselves in. But does God have a different way? Does God reveal a different choice for us? That is what the psalmist is laying out in Psalm one. He's laying out that we have a choice to make in life. Will we follow the way of God or will we follow the way of the world? Psalm one is a wisdom psalm or a Torah psalm. And in it we find an invitation to the good life which mirrors, I think, Jesus' own uh, invitation at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed is the one. And Jesus says, blessed are you when you, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Here in Psalm 1, we have blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. He begins with a warning. Beware the influence, those who have influence in your life. Pay attention to the voices that are speaking into your life. Pay attention to the influences that you are listening to particularly. It's a truth of life that I was told when I was a young man and then observed as a youth pastor and now continue to teach about that we will become like the people that we hang around in life. Whether you're 13 or 93 today, I tell you one of the things that happens in life is the people that we spend our most time around who have the most influence over our lives, those are the people that we're going to become like. They're the ones that are gonna help shape the character of the person that we are going to become. Choose them wisely. Choose them intentionally. Choose who you will be influenced by most often in your life. For the people who you choose to be friends will have an impact of shaping your life in a profound way. The psalmist gives good wisdom and warning there about the good life does not grow in a field of sin and cynicism. Do not follow the way of the wicked. Do not sit in the seat of scoffers. The beginning of the blessed life is in choosing not to hang around with people who are not pursuing the good life that God intends for us. Now, some folks might say, well, that's that's judgmental. You can't say that about other people. What are they seeking? I go back to the wisdom of an old Navy captain who was a mentor of mine years ago, and he used to teach our Sunday school class when I was in college. And he said, we're not called to be judges of anyone. We're called to be fruit inspectors. What is the fruit that someone's life is producing is a pretty good indication of that which they are pursuing in their life. That's why we can expect from our lives, that's what we can expect if those people are our close friends and influences, we will become like them in some ways. The psalmist lays out that we have two connected choices as we begin any journey in life. Who will we travel with and what road will we take? If you wanna be someone who's going nowhere in life and doing nothing in life, Find people who are going nowhere in life and doing nothing in life and hang around them. You'll reach the same goal. If you want to party in life, if that's your greatest aim is to have a great party of a life, find those people with that same aim and you will propel one another toward that end. If you want to play the bigger and better game in life, who can make the most money and have the most stuff, There are plenty of folks around who will encourage you in that direction for that is their pursuit as well. But if you want to be a person seeking the blessed life of God, what the psalmist is telling us here is that we need to surround ourselves with other people who are seeking the blessed life of God, who are seeking the blessing of God in our lives. You see, the way that people influence us is that we begin to value the things that they value when they are around. And I don't think you need me to tell you that the values of the majority culture in 2021 America are a mess. The hollow idols of fame, wealth, politics, self-expression are held by many to be as gospel truth. The value of hyper-individualism, where we are allowed to define our own lives according to our own whims, is the gospel for many others. There's little room for the love of neighbor, or for submission to the love and order of God in our lives and in this world. The voices of our culture clearly tell us what they believe is important and they call us to follow them as well, but they are false voices. They are the advice of the wicked, the path of the sinners, and the seat of scoffers, as the psalmist says. But Psalm 1 gives us an alternative. It says God has a different idea, a clear choice to find as the primary influence of our lives. He writes, their delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And on that law, they meditate day and night. At the time that the Psalms were written, the law of the Lord was probably surmised in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. But it was really a broader understanding than just the word law as we think about it today. <clears throat> it's more about the instruction or the teaching of the Lord. The word that I love here, though, is delight. Their delight is in the law of the Lord. Wouldn't that be a great word to describe our relationship with God? That they delight in the Lord and in His law. It's a step further than saying, well, we just don't do all the bad stuff. We don't hang around the bad people, right? It's a positive step towards saying, not just what we are against, but what we are for. What we are for is the love of God in our lives. The old preacher Charles Spurgeon wrote, perhaps some of you can claim a sort of negative piety because you do not walk in the way of the ungodly. But let me ask you, is your delight in the law of God? Do you study God's word? Do you make it your best companion and hourly guide? And he finishes with this. If not, this blessing belongeth not to you. Do we delight in God? Not just dutifully obey, but find our joy and purpose in our relationship with God? In the times of the Old Testament law, the, Lord was, the law was the vehicle by which God conveyed his life to his people and his revelation to Israel. And the psalmist called on them to treat God's word accordingly. He calls on the people of God to treat the law of God as a love letter from a soldier in a far-off country that they may remember the one who gave it to them. <coughs> He's imploring them to keep the law of the Lord, not just in their minds, but on their hearts. To not just keep the letter of the law, but to keep the spirit of the law from the one who has given it to them. And he does this to remind them of the one who has granted this revelation to them as their beloved. Part of the issue of the church in America today is often we do not delight in God's word. We don't delight in the law of the Lord. We actually put ourselves oftentimes in judgment over God's word. We would say that times have evolved, so the word of God must have evolved as well. But the truth is, and this is the truth on which we stand, that the law of the Lord sits in judgment over every culture and every time, over every human being. Because God does not change. And the truth, no matter how much we wrestle against it, is human beings in their nature do not change either. It is manifest differently in the cultures that we build around us and in the temptations that we find in particular ages. But God doesn't change, and we don't really change either. So the law of the Lord remains our guide, no matter the era in which we find ourselves. Psalm 1 tells us that the road of blessing is to welcome and delight in the law of the Lord, which reveals the eternal truth of God over and against the whimsical musings of a culture that will pass away and be forgotten forever, as every culture prior to this has been in human history. The scriptures are God's great love letter to us, and they are the delight of those who love God. Verse 3 tells us in Psalm 1 what happens to the person who chooses to delight in God's instruction. They will be like trees planted by rivers of living water, which bring forth their fruit in its season. I love this picture of life and growth. The person who delights in the law of God has roots that run deep, roots that anchor them, roots that nourish them in the water that God provides for our lives. We live in a time where we are constantly blown to and fro by information and viral posts and news cycles and all the things that are going on around us and turning over at such a fast rate of speed. We have seen this lack of roots as a problem in modern America and even in the modern American church. In the last several years, when we've been swept up and blown it seems By so many different cultural and political forces around us. It might well be said that in 2021, America is a place in search of roots. That's why when we even when we talk about worship, one of the most helpful models, I believe, is what's called the ancient future model of worship. To understand that we stand in line of God's people that has been for thousands of years. We are not the first people to think about this stuff. We are not the first people to engage hard times and changing cultural sensibilities. The people of God must be rooted in the word of God and in those who have wrestled with these questions along the way so that we are not people trying to figure it all out on our own for the first time, but we have the collective wisdom of the family of God that has gone before us, standing on that foundation and looking toward the future as well. It allows us to remain rooted and not blown about by every cultural whim that comes, not be drowned out by the cacophony of voices that tend to overwhelm who we are in our lives. Those who delight in the law of the Lord have roots that run deep in who God says we are and who God calls us to be. We have our roots down deep where the water from the river of God feeds our souls. And even when the dry times come, we are able to sustain, be sustained through those dry days because the roots are deep into the very life of God that is eternal and the law that he has revealed in eternity. When the storm comes, we are not blown over like a tree because our roots are deep, not in our own strength, but in the very life of God who has created and called us. And this is why I love this organic image of trees because trees grow, right? We grow down and we grow up. The roots grow down and the limbs grow up. We're human beings, we grow. We're not machines to be programmed, we're not buildings to be built brick by brick. We're more like that tree which goes through seasons of life, variables all around, storms, disease, drought, rain, sunshine, soil. The seasons of our lives are colored by the circumstances in which we find ourselves. But our roots are down deep in the life of God so that we might remain connected with Him and nourished by Him. And so it is that no matter the season that we find ourselves in, we bear the right fruit. Psalm 1 says that we bear the fruit in our season. God has seasons for us to bear fruit And when the conditions are perfect, we bear fruit. And when times are difficult, we bear the right fruit in that season as well. Even though the drought on the surface is real, we are still able to bear fruit because our roots are in the life of God. The roots reach all the way to the river where God nourishes us. The psalmist finishes by pointing out that the roads we choose do have natural consequences. They have natural ends to them. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The righteous life flourishes and brings forth its fruit and its season. The way of the wicked is not so, but it is like chaff which the wind drives away. Chaff or life. There are distinct roads that take us to distinct destinations. There is a road that leads to growth and to God, and there's a road that leads to emptiness and to death in this life and the next. That is what the psalmist calls chaff, which the wind blows away. We Christians today experience the revelation of God, not just through his law and through his word, but most clearly through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the word as we read in John chapter one. And so it is the psalm I believe Psalm one might well be rephrased, "They delight in G- their delight is in Christ, and on Christ they meditate day and night." Does that describe us? Followers of Jesus, does that describe us as those who take delight in Christ and on Him we meditate day and night? not just to recite the words of the creed, not just to get the answers right in Sunday school, not just to obey out of fear or duty, but genuinely to delight in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ that he has given us. That's the heart of the Christian life, finding our delight in Jesus. So Psalm 1 gives us a great roadmap as we map out the journey of life. Don't hang around with the evildoers. Don't sit in the cynical seat of scoffers, but find your delight in the life of God and in the law of God. Delight yourself in Christ, in His grace, in His love, in His peace, in His mercy, in His forgiveness. Those are the roots that produce the godly fruit in our lives and in this world. Those are the fruit that are a reflection that we are connected with our Father in Heaven, given by His Son, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what we're made to do. Let us pray together, a prayer that was lifted out of the first Psalm. May we pray together as you'll see it on the screen. Merciful and heavenly Father, you created us unto blessedness and happiness. You gave us your holy law to be the only rule and measure by which we may live well and godly. Make us by your good grace to renounce our own carnal and fleshly desires and all evil company, avoiding the way of sinners, that we may bring forth such fruit of the Spirit that being always under your holy protection, we may have perfect assurance and confidence that when your son Jesus Christ appears to divide the sheep from the good, we may be accounted among those redeemed by his blood. May we find our ultimate delight in you this day and forevermore. Amen. And so, God, we do ask that you would show us those ways in our lives, where we are treading the path of the wicked, where we are sitting in the seat of scoffers and cynics. Give us the grace to confess our waywardness. But even more, God, give us grace that we might turn toward you, that we might take delight in you and in your law that we might bear fruit that is in keeping with those who love you and belong to you. We pray, God, that we would live lives that matter, not lives that are like chaff which the wind drives away, but, God, that we would be rooted in your eternal truth and love, and so we might be part of your kingdom. Bless us today, Lord, that we might follow Jesus more closely when we leave than when we arrived. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Pastor Owen. If you'd like to find out more about our church or view a video of the full service, visit our website, WestminsterCharlotte.org. We look forward to seeing you soon.